welcome to episode seven of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. And today I have help from a magical guest who goes by one name. Her name is Lon. Lon wrote a book called Modern Merlin, Uncover Your Magical Powers, and she is so passionate about what she does, and talking to her, you can really feel that her energy is palpable. You can feel that she's excited to talk about her ideas about magic and what she understands and has learned in her life about magic and share it with other people, even people like me who constantly ask, why? Why, Lon? Why? She doesn't take offense to it. She's happy to explain herself. And I find that so refreshing. One piece of this interview that I will forever take with me going forward is when we were talking about sitting in traffic and the way that your body locks up and how you're holding so much tension. She talks about how holding your breath and balling up your hands and clenching your butt cheeks It blocks your energetic flow. And I know that might sound very obvious. And I know you might be listening to this going, well, yeah, obviously. But I've actually never considered that. I've never really contemplated that. I think maybe we understand that instinctually. What are we doing when we're holding our breath and clenching our butt cheeks and balling up our hands? Are we trying to stop the flow of life? Are we trying to control? Why are we doing that? I've been thinking a lot about that ever since I spoke to Lon. She's also really into this idea of multidimensionality, that we exist on multiple dimensions And she put up with all my questions about that and me being like, explain yourself. What do you mean by that? Do we mean the same thing when you say multidimensional and I say multidimensional? Are we talking about the same thing? I literally just saw this weekend everything, everywhere, all at once. And that movie deals with the multiverse and this idea that there are thousands of versions of you all happening at the same time and that your choices have this compound effect that end up impacting your experience. And this movie is so psychedelic and weird, weird, weird and fascinating. And the editing is very strobe-like where you're like flipping through all the lead characters' lifetimes all at the same time. And it's such a shocking, surprising journey. I've never seen a movie like it. And I genuinely believe that cinema just changed forever. I think this movie is a game changer. It's so moving. For a lot of it, you're like, wow, this is really weird and surprising. And it keeps you in a state of not knowing what's going to come next, like for most of the movie. And then all of a sudden, it just hits you with emotion. I cried a few times. I laughed many, many times. And I know it hasn't been released widely. But if you have the privilege of going to the theater and seeing everything everywhere all at once, I will take this opportunity to beg you to see this because if you go see this movie, one, you're going to love it. I hope you'll tell me all about it. And two, 
it will show Hollywood we want more movies like this because it's really creative and challenging and fascinating. And I bring it up here in this context today because it's talking about the multiverse and part of Lon's paradigm around magic has so much to do with us being multidimensional beings. These are two different things, but they kind of happened around the same time in my life. So I'm mushing them together and recommending this movie to you because it is freaking amazing. If you don't see it when it's in the theater, I feel like I can guarantee you're going to hear a lot about it next year during Oscar season because I just can't imagine that this movie is not going to be nominated for so many awards. It's it's a mind-blowing experience. And then speaking of experience and magic, the subject of today's show is largely just magic. My first experience with magic in terms of deliberate creation was through the teachings back in the day around the law of attraction. And I realize that language is a turnoff for many people who are into magic today, but I, despite the multiverse concept, I can't change my past. That really was a significant part of my path. And while my understanding of magic has evolved since then, it was absolutely a step on my journey. And I learned things during that time that I very much still employ to this day. And the law of attraction is one component of what Lon talks about when she's talking about magic. And for those of you who are like, ah, law of attraction, let me just say in a couple of weeks, I have an interview coming up with Damien Eccles, and he's going to be talking high magic. He's going to be talking ceremonial magic. So I think it's really fun that in this month of April 2022, we have two different takes on magic and funny enough this is my favorite thing about magic they intersect there are many commonalities between these two techniques and so I want to point that out now in the hopes that you'll listen to this interview with Lon today and then in a couple weeks you'll listen to the interview with Damien it's just fun to compare and contrast She's also really into sacred geometry. It's kind of like the cornerstone of her work, and she sees it as a language. It's the language of nature. It's the language of soul. And she said some things about that that actually got me thinking about sacred geometry in a way that I don't typically... I actually don't think about sacred geometry much at all, but she got me thinking about it. And I was like, huh? I think there's something to this. And I have her book here in my hand. I did not have it until like five minutes before I interviewed her. So I wasn't able really to talk about the book much during our conversation. But I've been reading it since. And it's got some really interesting ideas that I do think add something to the conversation about magic. Particularly if you are an LOA practitioner and you're looking to maybe expand what that means. So I wanted to read this particular piece to you about sacred geometry from her book because I really think it's so interesting. It really got my attention because I'm a person who's interested in behavioral patterns, but I had never really tied that into the patterns of nature, and she does. So let me read that to you really quick because I think it's interesting. She says, Sacred geometry can help us connect to our true selves by recognizing the shapes, patterns, and repetitions of the natural world around us, we can learn to identify the patterns in our lives. 
When we understand that creation itself is based on these patterns and repetitions, we understand that our lives unfold the same way. So if we want to change our lives or what is happening in them, we have to look for the patterns and repetitions that created the current situation. Do you find yourself in the same circumstances again and again? Are the people who show up in your life bringing new insights that help you evolve? Or are you reliving the same thing but with a different person? Is your life taking you on a spiral path that opens out into new experiences and growth while also bringing you inward to a stronger sense of your connection to source? This double spiral, a sort of double helix, one could say, is the shape of a creative life moving toward its fullest expression. Moving in a straight line, denying many possibilities or paths in order to defend only one possibility, no matter how limiting or isolating or painful, clearly shows that you are out of alignment with the quantum field of infinite possibility and the sacred geometry that shapes it. Sacred geometry reminds us that everything in creation is based on the same fundamental principles. At the core, everything is geometric patterns, and these patterns bring harmony to chaos. This applies to both our outer and our inner worlds. She goes on to talk about designing our environments in a way that represents these patterns and she talks a bit about Reiki and it's not that I'm new to the concept of sacred geometry but it's just not something I've been drawn to in the past and so I just thought wow this is fun this is interesting because I don't think I've had anyone on the podcast talking about this and again Lon is so energetic and enthusiastic about her subjects that I just think this is going to be really fun to listen to so Let's do that. Let's do that. Without any further rambling, here she is, Lon. Hi, Lon. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so very happy to be here. I'm really excited that your book arrived about, I don't know, five minutes before I'm talking to you. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So you had all but five minutes to look at it, right? (laughs) But I have it in my hot little hands. And I did read the excerpt of it online, which I would encourage anybody to do. The book is called Modern Merlin, Uncover Your Magical Powers. And I listened to a bunch of your interviews and I'm actually glad that it turned out that way because I got a sense of you as a person. And, and so now I feel kind of familiar with your whole vibe. And so I'm excited to introduce you to my audience here. Yeah, they are very familiar with magic, but you just said something before we got rolling here that I find really exciting. And that was stretching time. You were talking about stretching time. So is it okay if we just hop right into a big subject like that? Absolutely. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So you were saying you have a son who you like to stretch time with. Yes. I was saying that I have a son. He is 19 years old and I I raised him. I'm a single mom and he grew up with all my weirdness, all my magic, all my (laughs) kind of different perspectives on life than other moms and than most of his friends grew up with. 
So yes, so when we go somewhere and we get stuck in traffic or we feel like we're running out of time, I just say like, let's just stretch time because time, time is an illusion, right? Time is something that is incredibly connected to our three-dimensional experience of our lives. And we can just go beyond that and kind of stretch it. And it always works. It always works. I'm always on time, no matter what happens. How do you do that? I think it's the intention. It's like visualizing that that I'm not bound by the laws of three dimensions and the way we put time in those three dimensions and realize that time actually outside of Earth, like if you would go into a spaceship and you go into the universe, time actually doesn't behave the way it does here. So it has a lot to do with visualizing it, with intending it, and we just going like, well, we're just going to make it, however that works. And it just seems that things magically unfold the way I intend them then. Part of how I, how I create magic and how I see magic is it has so much to do uh, with, with our belief in it. Right? I mean, if we can be convinced that things can be different, if we can believe in the impossible, imagine the unimaginable, you know, all these things that are magical that we do believe in when we are children, then things become magical as well. And, and, and it doesn't fall within the laws of 3D. Children are so magical. Right. And, and then lots of children are really good manifestors, right? They, they oh, do so create magic. Yes. Yeah, I feel like we are trained out of our knowing and our magic and our love and our creativity as we grow up, maybe partly by necessity because we're supposed to function in this world, but also to our detriment, those of us who want to live a really creative life. Right. And, and, and because, because our, our current paradigm and the way we have created collectively, we have put together our understanding of our world is very linear based. It's very much scientifically from, from you know, the conscious mindset based. Science actually and quantum physics has caught up with that whole model, with that whole belief system, but we haven't really implemented it. We still not teach our children in school that everything is made of energy right mm. we don't we don't we still don't talk about it but we know by now science by now has actually proven it that everything is energy including us including our bodies including our words including our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs everything is energy and all that energy is all connected and it all works together and interacts and so and they don't teach you that in school your son is 19 now. Yes, yes. Did he just completely decide that you're full of baloney and go off in a completely opposite <laughs> direction? Or is he like, my mother is correct about these things? You know, I think it's it kind of went up and down through through the faces of, of, you know, when they're really little, they are totally with you. They believe in this magic and they go for it, right? Like when they're under 10 or around 10. And then around 10, it kind of starts to change a little bit because they get friends and they go to middle school and they get like, you know, they get more influenced by what other people were saying. And then there's a period when they go like, yeah, the eye rolling, like you're insane, Kind of, <laughs> kind of face, right? And I think now that he is 19, I think it's a combination of the two. I don't think he talks about it the way I do, but I know this in the way he approaches life, that it's just fundamental of 
how he believes that things work. Like for instance, when he's sick, I always ask him like, okay, go inside, tune in and tell me, is this something that we need to address on the physical level? Is there something emotional going on? Is there, you know, what's going on? Did you pick up something from somebody else energetically that is now expressing itself physically? And that is very normal languaging. So he's able to tell me like, this is physical. I should actually go to a doctor or like, no, I'm just really tired. I need some time on my own. And then it will just go away. I am so excited that you just said that, that it's physical and I need to go see a doctor because I feel like I have been working with specifically the law of attraction since forever. (laughs) I'm part of that, you know, (laughs) Oprah TV generation that got really into the law of attraction. I think even a little bit before the secret came out, there was, this is going to sound really out there, but I feel like you can handle it, Lon. There was, I can handle it. Yes. There was a series of books that came out that were channeled supposedly by these entities called Oren and Deben. That was my introduction to law of attraction. And it was so fascinating. And then Abraham Hicks became really popular and the secret and all of that stuff. I've learned a lot from younger generations who were raised by people like me and people like you, and they kind of rejected it in the same way we rejected maybe Christianity or the religions we grew up in. And they'll come at me with questions like challenging. They've made me think about a lot of Mm -hmm. things, a lot of the language around the law of attraction and how sometimes people can take it to such extremes that they might say there are no physical ailments or physical causes that is all in your mind kind of thing. And I feel like that's disempowering for people that have disabilities or somebody who catches something out on the streets and they need a doctor. So to me, you would talk about being a multidimensional being. The physical is part of that. That that's exactly, exactly. You are absolutely right. Yeah. It's the basis and the foundation of, of our life here on earth. You know, if we want to consider ourselves as energetic beings or as, you know, eternal souls that come here for this journey, then we choose this journey because it's an opportunity to learn what it's like to be a vibrational being in a corporeal body in a physical world you know and to discover again how to bridge between that world of form and matter and that world of spirit and energy so it's always it's always a combination and and to to go back to what you were saying i i remember that years and years ago i think my son was about I think it was about 11 or something. He had these really excruciating pains in his, in his stomach and we couldn't figure out what was going on. And, and one morning I actually woke up and it was on my mind. The first thing that popped in my mind was appendicitis. And he woke up and he looked at me and he's like, mom, something is wrong. We should go to the hospital. And I didn't even question it. I picked him up. I was in the car within 10 minutes. We were in the hospital within an hour and they did a scan and they said it was about to rupture. Wow. And that was a really good combination between there is something physical going on and we were in tune enough to go like, he could tell me like, this is physical. This is different. There's something different. We need to do something. I feel like our intuition comes online 
sometimes too in that regard that to protect us. I mean, we know when we're in danger, some part of us knows Mm -hmm. it it could be a physical thing like your son experienced, but it could also just be walking down a street and all of a sudden you just know you're in danger. Right. And you have to pay attention to that. So I like how they interact with each other. And yes, I'm interested in your definition of multi dimensional being. Cause I think we might be, I might be hearing it different than you mean it. So I'm wondering if you can define that for us. Cause that's something you talk about a lot. Okay. So for me, the book is called modern, modern Merlin, right? So for me, a modern magician is, is a human being that realizes that they are so much more than just their physical body. And that actually the larger part of them, their essence is actually multidimensional, meaning that it's beyond the three dimensions. Like the three dimensions literally are with our length and our depth of something, how we measure it, right? And that gives it form. Mm. So that is three-dimensional. That is all linear. It's it's we can measure it, it's it's logical, it's it has to do with the conscious mind. Anything beyond that is in the subtle realms, it's in the subtle realms of of energies it's those whispers it's like those intuitive thoughts it's the things that just come to us and we can't really explain them there's a lot of things that fall in that realm that is all multi-dimensional and we are now in actually a very exciting time on earth because we are collectively starting to wake up to understanding of how multi-dimensional we actually are And I call that getting access to our magical powers, you know, the powers that make it possible for us to live in this beautiful blend of three-dimensional and beyond three-dimensional aspects of reality. Did that make sense? Do you have an example of this? Yes, I have have tons of examples. We actually all have a lot of multidimensional, and if you want to call it magical, but we already have those in our lives, often without us being conscious of it. Think, for instance, about love. You know, love itself, like that Mm -hmm. unconditional love that we can feel for our children or our family, our partners, even our pets or or the, the, the earth, think about now what love is. What exactly is that? And, and, and where does it take place? Where does it live in our bodies? And how do we cultivate it? How do right. we grow it? How do we take care of it? I mean, all of that, love itself is, is very multidimensional. We can't really explain it with our conscious mind, right? And we all have had that experience. We, we absolutely know without a doubt when we are in love or when we deeply love or feel deeply loved. I love that so example. That, I love love. That's such a good example because it's, it's like intuition or it's like that warning right. that we were talking about. Yeah. Earlier. You can't yeah. hold it in your hands. You can't yeah. take out a measuring tape nope. and be like, this nope. is love. You can't buy it in a store. <laughs> oh. And we can't even put a recipe on it on, on, on how to get it and how to keep it or how to grow it or how to make it better. I mean, we have some ideas and then we come up with our lists, which are very three-dimensional again, which, which sometimes are incredibly helpful. But ultimately, there is so much in the whole mixture of, of loving and feeling loved 
that is beyond any reason, right? Sometimes we just love somebody and, and our mind actually would tell us like, well, this is really not a good person for us to love, but we still have that feeling of like, oh, we're so drawn or we're so in love with them. That is multidimensional. There's no other way of explaining that, you know, mm -hmm. that is something beyond our physical world. Our connection to a higher power. I mean, all over the world, there almost everybody has some sort of a belief of a connection to a higher power, whether we call that God or spirit or the universe or Allah or the field of unlimited potential or whatever you want to call it. But most of us have some sort of understanding or experience of feeling connected to something that is larger than we are that is closer to the divine that is closer to a creative source yeah. right and, and again, our own i think our own soul our own right eternity well, soul by it, right our soul i mean there's there's another thing like many of us feel like wow we've been here before or you meet somebody and you, you and you just know like you feel like family i've met you before and not yeah. in this lifetime so those are all examples that are multidimensional or magical, if you want to call it that way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just that we've never really defined it that way, but it really is. It's become part of our paradigm and we don't really, we kind of take it for granted. We don't really think about it. But if mm. you start thinking about it, it's like, oh, well, that's so cool. I can say I think about it excessively <laughs> it's like my favorite thing to think about but also so much so I've really dipped into a lot of different cultures and a lot of different modalities and I what I love what I get a kick out of is when I find the truth throughout it all like a thread of truth and I start to realize these are different languages for talking about the same thing, which is why I was like, wait, wait, wait. I know some people are completely going to shut this out the minute they hear this kind of language. And so I'm like, let's try to build a bridge here. And so right. I, I appreciate you did that because I was clueless to this and still until I started podcasting, but there is really a generation that was raised by mothers like us that they hear this kind of talk and they just go oh no <laughs> it's like being in the room with my mother all over again but they well, love magic they love magic yeah. and framed it in new ways and I'm really interested in that because we're all kind of saying similar things but just using really different language and these days there's so much talk about manifesting right that's the buzzword right and manifestation if you think about it it's it's just a, a newer word for magic manifesting means that you're creating something out of nothing right, right. let's manifest this in your life well if you start looking at at how that really works you have to look at the foundation of how things are the way they are. Like, how is our reality formed? Like, how are things formed? How, how are we experiencing it? And that all that brings you into the world of multidimensionality, of quantum physics. And that's the interesting thing. Like, multidimensionality, it's actually, it's, it's not woo-woo. I mean, quantum physics by now is... That is real. It is part of what we know, what we know beyond any doubt. It's just that we haven't integrated it in the way we explain or have our paradigm about our lives, about our reality. And, and that's why I wrote this book, 
And that's why my book is written in a language that's really simple. I bring quantum physics in a really simple manner. And there's tons of examples and funny examples and examples that everybody is going to recognize, just like what I just talked about, like mm. love. Because we need to make that shift. It, it's going to help us because it's going to empower us. You know, so many of us right now are feeling so lost, right? It's been a, it's been a hard couple of years and we fe we're feeling lost and we're, we're looking around like, where do we go? What do we do? Who do we listen to? Who's going to tell us what to do, guide the way, give us a clue, give us insights. And I am saying, and that's why I wrote that book. It's like, we actually have so much ability already inside of us to navigate so much of this and to help us understand what's going on and to help us carve a path forward. And that includes knowing and believing and embracing and integrating the idea that we are very multidimensional mm -hmm. in essence. I love some of the language I've heard you use around things happen, bad things happen. You acknowledge that that's a thing. And I have to say that because some people don't. <laughs> some people think everything that happens to you, you have created with your mind. And I appreciate that you are saying actually bad things sometimes happen, but where your magic is, where your magic happens is when you go within and you deliberately choose to respond. And I'm totally putting words in your mouth in the hopes that you will <laughs> clarify, <laughs> but yeah, instead, of yeah. how, instead of reacting, you're responding. And I was like, this is where the power is. It's disempowering right. to teach people. Well, you know, if you got carjacked, you must have brought that onto yourself because your vibration was one of carjacking as opposed to just like, well, these things happen. And now where your magic comes in is how are you going to respond to this thing that happened? Right. I think one of the most powerful, powerful things to realize is that even though we cannot always control our external circumstances, we can always control the way we react and the way we look at something. So if something in our life happens that is disturbing or traumatic or scary or confusing or you name it, then it's up to us to make sense out of it and to give it a place right? And maybe to learn from it and to maybe make sure that it's not going to happen again, to look at it like what happened that brought us in that situation? What was there that we missed? Or maybe there wasn't anything that we missed. What could we have done different? Maybe there wasn't anything. So it's, it's all about awareness. Mm -hmm. It's all about awareness, right? I mean, if we get carjacked in the middle of the night in some neighborhood somewhere then there is so many different ways of looking at it like maybe being there at that time wasn't the, the, the best time or the best idea there's a hundred there's a hundred different options it's all about perspective mm -hmm. yes and not then making that part of your identity I think is important it can inform you, but you know, you don't take it with you in a way where you carry the trauma of that. As I think what I'm saying forward with you and make it such a part of your identity because this thing happened. I think when you go within and you process it, like you're talking about with a bit of contemplation and maybe your inner eye or your heart, you're right. able to process it so you can move through yes. it. 
Yes. And then there's a lot of things that you can do around it, right? If something happens, we can look at it like, okay, what is the takeaway? What is the biggest thing that came up because that happened? And maybe that was a fear that came up, or maybe it was, uh, maybe it triggered an old memory, or maybe it triggered your feeling, you know, your overall sense of feeling safe in the world in general. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that means that you got to start looking at like, okay, safety. It's actually an activation that I made in my, because I'm a sacred geometry artist. I don't know if your audience knows that. But we're going to talk about that, Lon. That is definitely something (laughs) I want to talk about because it's very cool and exciting. But we're talking about safety right now. So I made an activation for safety. And what I'm inviting in the writing around that is to ask those questions, right? What what does it mean to feel safe? Like to feel safe actually means that there's an absence of danger. Safety by itself is, is nothing. Safe, feeling safe means that you just don't feel in danger. So then the question becomes like, what would it take for you to feel safe? Mm-hmm. And then you have to start looking at the physical part of that, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. So there's so many layers to all of that. So when something happens to us in our lives, in, in what we perceive as something just in the external, it always brings up things that are connected that have to do with our internal world. And we can do a lot of work around that to reduce or to process and to ultimately heal from the trauma that something could have brought up for us. And just knowing that, that is empowering. That means that you don't, like you say, that you don't have to, you know, carry it with you for the rest of your life and feel completely petrified because there's things you can do around it. There's a lot of things you can do. So many options. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You mentioned sacred geometry and you used the word activation, which I think is really interesting. I'd love to unpack that. But also we were talking about language earlier. And yes, I have a personal belief that the soul speaks in beauty and imagery, poetry, nature. It doesn't speak in this linear way that you and I are speaking Mm -hmm. right now, although it can understand that sometimes if something really captures your imagination or it moves you in some way. But I think accessing soul and, and the subconscious mind through art is so powerful. And you do that and you call it a language, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, Plato, who was somebody that lived a long, long, long time ago, and um, he actually called sacred geometry the language of the soul. And what he meant by that, at least that's my translation of it, and that's what happened to me, is that when we look at sacred geometry-based art or images, there is something about it that resonates on the inside, on a very deep level. It's almost like we recognize it, right? It feels like home. And the reason that that is, is because sacred geometry, it refers to the the blueprint, the mathematical architectural foundation underneath everything in creation. Like whether we look at the way a sunflower grows, a cauliflower grows, or for instance, the, the waves in the ocean, how they curl up on the beach, there's always that spiral form, right? we see a repetition of of those forms. So it turns out that life manifests itself, grows itself, creates itself based 
on certain rules. And those rules are very mathematical. Yeah. And that's what sacred geometry is about. It's funny because, because I'm so bad at math, Lon. <laughs> I, I see a you number. You don't need to know that. <laughs> yeah, I see a number and I run. But when you present it in the images that you've created, I feel it. Yeah, you don't need to know math. to that, That's the thing. That's why it's the language of the soul. You don't need to know math to understand and to recognize these images. And that's, yeah. that's the funny thing. I mean, I, I hear it from people from all over the world that reach out to me and that say, you know, your images just, they, they evoke emotion. Because I, I published this in Oracle decks, in case your um, listeners don't know that. But there's Oracle decks out there with my sacred geometry images on it. So people buy those Oracle decks because they see the images and they just feel moved. They feel moved. They feel emotional. They feel comforted, right? It resonates on, on a very deep level. And the interesting thing is that they're, they're kind of like mandalas. There's oh, pictures yeah. of, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like, you know, symmetrical mandala shaped like images with, with shapes, with like circles and triangles and, and squares. And it's usually symmetrical. So there's nothing conceptual to hold on to. It's yes. not that you're looking at like a sunset or a fluffy puppy or like a romantic couple. So there's nothing to emotionally evoke that like, oh my gosh, I want that too. It's a very non-conceptual picture. It's just forms and shapes. Yeah. And my, my personal favorite, can I just add, is authenticity, yes. authenticity of the cards mm. and, the, and the paintings that I've seen you do. That one is my favorite. Oh, I just love, see, the, I it, love the colors. I love the shapes. And that's all I can say about it. Because again, it's not something I can articulate. It's just the one that resonated with me. Right. And I would give you the feedback if you and I would be sitting in a reading about this. I would tell you because sometimes I have my clients draw a card, not just blindly, but I tell them to look at the pictures and just choose the one or, you know, three of the ones that they like the most. Because what we're drawn to visually is also says something about the meaning of it. So since you are drawn to authenticity, I would, I would give you the feedback like that authenticity for you probably has a high priority in your life. That is something that resonates with you. That's something that you hunger for, that you desire, and that you look for in others as well. That you want something that feels real and that feels authentic and that feels true to who you are. Um, and that's probably also what you want. And that's what I'm getting from you also in this conversation. It is that important. Right. And you're asking me to do the same, right? Tell me authentically, show me. I mean, that's the first thing that you said, that you got a sense of me, who I am as a person. So you are looking for that. You're looking for that essence. You're looking for that authentic self, which is beautiful. It is really interesting that the one that spoke to me visually is one that I really feel aligned to thematically. And also it's a teacher for me because... Mm -hmm. I feel anxious when I'm out of integrity. I feel shame if I'm out of integrity in some situation. There's a discomfort that happens to me when I fall out of authenticity, which I often do to be pleasing to other people. Mm. So 
it's a practice also. And I got a kick out of the fact that I was like, I love this card. Oh, and look at the message. It's authenticity because I'm in a relationship with it. I'll say. Okay. And can I now bring this back to where we started in the conversation? That is how multidimensionality works. Multidimensionality in a multidimensional reality the things that guide us, the things that help us grow, the things that transform us will come to us in very different ways than it. Nobody's going to knock on your door and just give you a list like this is how it works. But how it worked for you is like you came across my card deck. You found that image of authenticity. You were resonating with it. And now you're giving it more meaning. You're finding the layers of depth and why it is important to you in your life. And you recognize it, that this is an anchor, a beacon for you, a teacher of how to navigate and what you want to create, right? Yeah. That is a multidimensional language right there. Love. I love that. And I'm going to link to your website because this is a crowd that loves Oracle cards and loves tarot cards. We're a card centric crowd. And you have two great decks, but also there's a feature on your website where they can do a little free card reading. And it's just fun. It's just fun. And it'll give you a sense of what Lon's cards feel like. And there's a third deck coming because the Modern Merlin book is next year in the beginning of uh, 2023, the Modern Merlin card deck is going to come out. And that's going to be all about magic and manifestation. And it's going to be all about, you know, how do you use these concepts? Because all my cards represent large concepts that are at the core of how we how we experience our our lives you know things that are important like health and love and intimacy and authenticity and kindness and compassion and and there's so many of those adjectives that we almost like carelessly overlook but if we would really contemplate them and sit with them and see how they fit in our lives and how we can cultivate them or create more of it in our lives the world would be a very different place Mm. This is what I love about many different kinds of divination is because you're tapping into that soul language that that you speak of. And also it gives you that call to be present, to just pause and to pull a card Mm -hmm. and have that experience and let it be meaningful. I mean, you can do it as a skeptic and be like, this doesn't mean it, you know, but if you actually just play, just play, just for a moment, suspend disbelief and play and contemplate or just breathe or or just look at it and see if you like it. If it's a picture that you like, isn't that amazing? You found maybe a couple of minutes in your day with with something that is pleasing to you, that Mm -hmm. is pleasing to your mind or pleasing to your heart or pleasing to your soul. Right. And if, and if you don't like, more... if you don't like it, that's also very interesting. <laughs> right. I would, I do the same, you know, choose some of the things that, that you don't like that don't resonate with you. And let's look at that. Right. Let's look at that. How is that showing up? Where else is that showing up in your life? Yes. It's so interesting when people have a really charged emotional reaction that is not mm-hmm. pleasant to pause with it 
and say, oh my, like, this is really bringing in. I don't just dislike this. I'm like actively hating it. <laughs> mm. That means something like something. Right. Those are the moments. Know? Those are the moments to really pay attention. Like when we get really triggered, you mm-hmm. know, and that could mm-hmm. be by, that could be just by, by driving in our cars and somebody is, is cutting us off or somebody is doing something that we don't like. Right. And instead of us just sitting and thinking like, well, maybe that person is in a big hurry because something happened at home or maybe their mother is in the hospital or, you know, finding a compassionate perspective on that incident. Mm-hmm. We are sitting there and we are like, right. <laughs> yeah. That says something about like, wow, where are you that you are so reactive? Like what's going on? Like where else is that anger showing up or where else are you repressing it? So that is now coming up almost like out of proportion over something small. Yeah. You know, the LA freeway system has been one of my, (laughs) it's been one of my life's greatest gurus. It's an opportunity (laughs) to practice all of the time. And what you were saying earlier about stretching time is so mysterious. It is magical. And I have found the way I personally do it is I just have to surrender and let go. And stop yep. the, stop the freak out. Right. It's yep. just so interesting how all of a sudden a lane will open up that allows me to take the off ramp and take a better route or my lane starts picking up. I don't know why this works. It's fun. It's magic. And the real trick is just getting out of my own way. Yes. And I can actually explain a little bit more logical so that your mind will not try to fight you on this because it's actually there is universal laws that mm. make that happen because when you say like that you are you said that you surrender and that you relax right mm-hmm. well what literally happens with our bodies when we surrender and we relax we take a breath right we start relaxing when we breathe and when we relax our energy can flow because think about this if you are sitting and everything is tight in your body then you are constricting the flow of energy because it's tight, right? You're blocking it. This and energy is has so cool. Keep going. Yes, I'm hearing you. Right. So so everything is energy, right? And and you are energy. And, and what you send out in energy, your vibrational signal is made up of the thoughts that you think and the feelings that you have. So if you are really tight and you're tense and you're not relaxed, then you you are blocking your own flow. Well, the universe can't really then flow with you, right? You're blocking that that communication to the universe as well. So you're energetically actually... constipated. <laughs> right, right. So then, then you find yourself attracting constipated situations, mm. aka like traffic that isn't flowing. It's like what's within is without. It's all fractal, right? What's mm. what's what what you are feeling and and causing by your thoughts and your feeling is going to be reflected in what's showing up around you. So that manifesting law that you were talking about before, there is so much truth in it, but there is also we don't understand exactly how it works. And that's why I wrote Modern Merlin, because the quantum physics behind all this will explain it. Yeah. And when we can cognize something that we thought was very esoteric and very woo-woo and out there, 
once we cognize it and our mind goes like, okay, that makes sense. Now our mind is on board as well. And now Mm. we can align our thoughts with our desires and our intentions and our visions and our dreams. And now we become very vibrational, powerful in what we attract. Yeah. When I think of alignment or even multidimensionality, I think about what you just said. I think about your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, your body, all the different parts of you, including the parts that you can't see and touch coming together, coming into alignment. And the more they're in alignment, the more flowy your life becomes, the more synchronicities start happening and it's fun and exciting, no matter how often it has worked for you. It still has for me anyway. I mean, I've been doing this for decades. It still has that essence of wonder, like what? (laughs) I'm I'm still excited about it. I, it really never gets old. It never gets old. And and that's because we are so used to logical viewpoints, right? Every time something just adds up for me and I was talking about something and then within a day that, that something happens or there is a sign like that aligns with that, I always go like, whoa, that's amazing. And actually it's not because I know how this works, but it's always that really wondrous surprise of like, yay, it worked. It's so right? fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's so, yeah. and it's so empowering. And I think that's, that's the message as well. We feel so overwhelmed right now and we feel like we have no power over what's happening. And that's, that's, that's why there's so much anxiety and so much fear and so much confusion. And I think understanding how things work at a very foundational level, like back to the fundamentals of why are things the way they are in your life and what is your role in it? Once you understand that, now you can work with all of that, mm. right? Because your playground gets so much larger if you understand it. It's almost like we've been looking at life through this little peephole and, and we only saw little parts of it. And we actually can throw out, we can make a people so much bigger. Our, our playing field is getting so much larger and that gives us much more powers. That makes us the modern Merlins, the modern magicians of, of our times. This new deck that you're creating, the modern Merlin deck, is it going yes. to be imagery like sacred geometry or is it going to be oh it is yeah okay yes it's going to be similar to the decks that you're used to it's going to be a different format it's going to be smaller in a different kind of box the setup is more magical and the booklet with it all of it is written towards helping you to understand how to navigate this new really exciting multidimensional reality that that we are entering into and how you can create magical and beautiful things in your life and understand how it works. Okay. You answered my question without me explicitly saying it, which was, you know, is this something you can tap into on a situational basis? You know, I feel stuck. I have no magic right now. This is a deck that you can tap into and, and it will take you there. Yes, it will. And and you don't have to wait until the deck comes out in the beginning of 2023, because in the meantime, I have also created an online course that goes with the Modern Merlin book. And that basically is me taking a group of people and I'm going to guide 
everybody through it with Zoom meetings and with like a, a Facebook group. And I'm going to create community. And we're basically going to not read the book together because it comes with a really large workbook with all kinds of prompts and things and suggestions to journal about, to contemplate, to think about. There's going to be 12 full screen guided meditations that you can do. And I'm basically taking you on a journey into this whole new world. And at the end of it, you will understand all of this, that what we're talking about. And sacred geometry is going to be part of that as well, because it's a, it's a whole chapter in the book. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a whole module in the course. It's an experience. You're taking them yes. through an experience. I mean, what's the better Absolutely. teacher? What's a better teacher yes. than that? Yes. And there's going to be a lot of exercises that have to do with your life. I'm going to constantly bring it home into examples in your life. I'm going to give you tons of tools also. What can you do when you're anxious? What happens when you're in a panic attack? How can you clear your own energy? Like, how can you keep your house like really harmonious and balanced? How can you keep your own energy balanced? How can you recognize when you pick up energy from somebody else? We've all had that experience. You're in a great mood. You meet with somebody, mm-hmm. they're in a really bad mood, and then you, you separate, and then all of a sudden you're, you feel terrible, right? And yeah. learning how to recognize that and then knowing what to do about it, that's just things that we can learn. Mm. It's not that hard. You say there's a chapter in Modern Merlin on sacred geometry, but there's more than a chapter in your own life. You are... <laughs> a sacred geometry creatrix and how would yes. I put this yeah you love it like you've been doing this for a long yes. time why why this why this specific oh, modality you know what I I was one of those children that I'm I'm always harmonizing everything whether it's my environment whether it's relationships people the houses everything around me I'm a harmonizer and That brought me into graphic design. I became a graphic designer. I was in the marketing and graphic industry. I did art school in Europe, got trained there. Um, So I was always about putting together like balanced pictures and working with color and shapes and translating people's desires and visions into logos and websites and advertising. And then I came across crop circles. I saw a picture of a crop circle somewhere and there was something inside of me that went like, oh, it was like the candy store, you know, as, as, a, as a graphic artist. And I'm a nerd. I am good at math. And as a graphic artist, I recognize the complexity of these designs. And I just felt like that I was looking at a language. I wasn't even interested in who made it and where did it come from. I'm just like, whoever made it, it's brilliant. Because I know as a graphic designer that it's not that simple to make these pictures. It looks simple, but it's not. At that scale, Um, too. Right. Yeah. So I started taking those pictures, those, those images of crop circles, and I just put it in line art and I gave it color. And then I noticed that it evoked emotion. I'm like, wow, if I make this blue, then this makes me feel like this. If I make it red, it's different. And then I started thinking about like, wow, what if this was a language? Like, what if somebody from another planet would come here? We can't use words because we just don't use the same words. How am I going to express things? Like, what if I could express a concept like healing or love? And I put it in 
in something that is really universal. This is a universal language, sacred geometry. So I started experimenting with that and people got it. People found it amazing. And then I started doing it for people. So I create personal soul portraits for people as well. I think that's so so cool. I had an essence portrait done years ago where she painted, I think her vision of my aura is what it was, but it was really interesting. It was an interesting experience having someone tune in to my energy that way and then produce something. Yeah. What you do is similar, but different. It's very vibrant. And I love that. you're. I love that you're a math nerd. I can see how these different parts of you have come together into this moment because your graphic design experience, creating logos for people, this all maybe had to happen as part of your path now to be able to create soul portraits and it's all at play. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, again, that is almost the multidimensionality of, of seeing from the eagle eye view, you know, from, from, from far away, looking back on my life and just seeing how it unfolded and how it went. It's like, yeah, it's totally logical. Somebody probably designed that at some point and it was probably my own soul. Right. But when you're in it, you don't always necessarily see it. But where I'm at now, it has come together. And I think the book, Modern Merlin, brought it together for me because I was making these images for the longest time. And I didn't even really understand, like, where is this coming from? What do I do with this? And like, what the heck, right? (laughs) And then finally, by writing Modern Merlin and putting it together in, in a new paradigm, And all of a sudden, sacred geometry just falls inside that paradigm and has shown me why it's so important and that there is language out there that our soul just inherently understands. And it is important. It's not just woo-woo that we can poo-poo away because all this stuff actually constructs the patterns and the repetitions and everything that we experience in our lives, including our relationships. Don't poo-poo the woo-woo. I feel yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Don't don't poo-poo the woo-woo. Seriously, <laughs> it's like there is a healthy where we are now collectively and where the world is. It is time to put the metaphysical and the science together. Mm. Right. It's no longer separated. For so long, it was separated and the woo-woo was just kind of out there and you had to really want to believe it, but there wasn't a lot of logic to it. But that's not the case anymore. There is actually a lot of logic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I think a long time ago, science and magic were one in the same. Oh, yeah. They were separated yes. out when it, yes. when science became more of an academic formality. But I think it's really interesting, the convergence of indigenous wisdom, folk magic and science and all these things. Humans just know this stuff somewhere. Somewhere we know. And that's kind of brings us around to the beginning of the conversation when I was talking about these different languages. People just find a way to this, regardless of what they call it or how they talk about it with each other if they even do it just pops up we can't help it it's it's innate in us 
Well, and throughout the ages, we've we've always known this, right? And there's always been great teachers and, and people like Leonardo da Vinci and mm. Plato. And we've had all these people throughout history that knew about this. But they were very exceptional for their time. And now we live in a time where it's it's becoming much more of the norm. I mean, look at how many people now um, are drawn to the flower of life symbol. And I think most people, if they see it, they probably have seen it somewhere. Yeah, It's popping up everywhere now in art and on tattoos and people are drawn to it. And that's because we're waking up like our consciousness is able now to go in different spaces of reality if you want to call it like that we we are not we are not just exclusively bound to 3d anymore we can go beyond it i think in the past you may have been persecuted for talking about this kind of stuff i think oh yeah i think that's part of it and i think the internet is another part of it and oh I yeah think, i think sure. the internet is good and bad there are wonderful things about it there are terrifying things about it but it's democratized society in a way that we can share this information and people want this information and they spread this information and we normalize it and then we all kind of start moving and shaking together <laughs> and comparing yeah. notes and to me that is how i can understand what you're saying about this time that we're living in, because I don't know, yeah. I don't know that this is new information. It's just now we can talk about it freely among ourselves. It's more expanded. It's more expanded. I mean, look at how successful the secret was at the time. And that right. came out, um, I don't know, like 20 years ago or so, or 15 years ago. I don't even really know, but how, how successful it was that, that tells you something about how much people are looking for this information. And I feel like now, like what I'm doing with Modern Merlin is kind of picking up where the secret left off because they were talking about manifestation, but they kind of left you hanging on like, but how, right? And why? Like, how does this work? We don't really get it. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel now we are capable collectively to expand our consciousness a little bit further and to start putting the science into the into the story as well and create a new model of reality that clearly shows us how much we are at the core of how we experience our lives that a lot of it is up to us it's up to us to to find a new perspective it's up to us to find logic and reason and to recognize the patterns that we keep repeating based on old beliefs, for instance. I can see how your love of math really comes into this, your interest in explaining the science of it and making sense of it. Is that part of what took you into this work? Is wanting to know why, so. why and how, yes. how, how, how? <laughs> well, because I recognize that it's that we need that because our again our signal that we send out our vibration is so much a combination of the feelings that we have that our heart generates and the thoughts that we think and what we think is generated by our minds so if we don't satisfy our minds and we don't give it the logic and the reason that it's satisfied with we're going to be out of whack that's where the woo woo and the science was separated 
right? And the oh, only yeah. way. Yeah. So the science is like, give a dog a bone. Let let your mind chew on this bone and be satisfied right. with it. Yes. So or, or you can just make, take the back seat. Yeah. Take so you can make seat. space maybe for your heart or your soul to lead the way. Yeah. So that when you sit in traffic, that your mind can go like, okay, I'm just going to ride in the back seat and I'm going to let you <laughs> do your magical woo-woo, stretchy, relaxing surrender thing so that it all works out and it goes beautifully smooth and graceful and in flow instead of my mind or your mind being there and going like, no, you got to hurry. You got more gas. You got to switch lanes. You got to yell at somebody, <laughs> cut somebody off, right? You know what I love about this is it brings up compassion because your mind, when it's in that state, is in such tension and such anxiety and panic and desperation. <laughs> You're really giving it a gift by letting it off. Right. The hook. And then it can have fun and figure out the how later once, once, you know, your heart or your soul or just magic guides you through, right. through the situation with your mind in the backseat. Yeah, because it wants to control, right? The mind wants to control and it wants to keep, and, and, and for probably for all the right reasons, it just wants to keep you safe. Right. It wants yeah. to make sure that you get what you want. But the only way it approaches it is, is linear because that's the only way that it knows. It's like so, a, heli- a helicopter parent that's just like yeah. constantly checking <laughs> on their so, kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And at some point as a parent, you learn like, okay, you got to just sit back trust that you put all the logic and all the reason in there in your child with the upbringing and now you have to sit back and trust that they're going to find their way they're going to figure it out right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the same same thing give your mind enough to chew on to make it go like okay that sounds logical okay i'll sit back i'll sit back i'll let you do your thing i'm okay with that this makes so much sense good and, and I can also see, literally, I have had your book for five minutes. I can see flipping through it that you've designed it. Maybe this is your talent as a graphic designer coming into play, but you've designed it in a way that is really accessible, I think, for people who have internet brain, because you can kind of just scan through it very quickly and yeah. hit hit the right. high points, like bolded yes. statements are made, and you actually can get a sense of it rather quickly in that way. Yeah. You can even almost use it as an Oracle deck. You could just take the mm-hmm, book. You can mm-hmm. just flip through it, open it wherever you feel like you need to open it and just read what's right in front of you and then contemplate like, wow, what's the message there? Why did you have to read that right now? How does it apply to where you're at? How does it apply to your day? I what love that. that. Yes, that's, that is so cool. I can't wait to just sit with it and read it though. I can't wait to make sure that you let me know and stay in touch and let me know what you think and give me the feedback. Love to hear. I I definitely will. Let's tell people where to find you in all the places, especially people that are listening. I'm going to link to your Instagram. I'm going to link to your website. I'm going to link to modern Merlin, but for people, people on the go. Is there a URL right. that they can turn to? Yes. My website is the best hub. From there, you can navigate to all the places and everything that I have to offer. And my website is long, that is L-O-N, and then a hyphen, art, A-R-T, dot com. So longart.com. Mm-hmm. That's the best place to navigate to any place within my realm. Instagram is a really good place to follow me because I almost post 
almost daily and at least like five, five times a week with little, little magical things. I do card readings there. I give you little one minute meditations that are visually really beautiful. Um, I give you information about the course. I'm going to start this course um, for the first time. So the magical journey is going to start in the beginning of May. And it's going to be so excited. I'm so excited. I worked on this, the book and the course for three years. And of course, I'm a thank you. And I'm a designer. So everything is going to look stunning and colorful and beautiful and HD and full screen. And because that's just the nerd that I am. I've been to your website. I've seen your stuff. It's going to be (laughs) gorgeous. I love the color. It's so bright and uplifting in general, even before you even focus on one particular card. Oh, thank you. I do believe that, you know, what's pleasing to the eye is going to, is going to resonate. It's what we're going to remember. We're going to be draw. Everything works with the law of attraction, right? So when you want to get something across, you got to present it in a way that that is attractive. Yeah. And I think my impression of you as a soul but through looking at your art and and listening to you speak is you're a joyful person is that accurate it is yes my son will tell the tell you that too I'm um, I love humor I'm very silly I make fun of a lot of things because I find I find that you know humor and light light lightheartedness is just such a good way of going through life yeah, I feel like you really enjoy what you're doing and you're excited, oh, I do. you know, you're, this book is coming out and this is coming out and you're, you're having fun. I am. I, I love what I do. And I am so excited to share it with people because I see how many people are hurting and are confused and are scared. And I feel like, let me just take you by the hand and let me take you on a little journey and tell you some things that you might have never considered and it's going to take away some of that anxiety it's going to help you feel better and more in power it's going to just bring harmony i love that confidence with which you say that i feel that you have conviction and you believe it and that you're playful about it what a what a fun beautiful service to offer people yes yeah Absolutely. I always end with the same question. If you don't mind, can I hold you here for one more question? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a blast. Okay. It is fun. It's really fun talking to you on what is one tip that you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. And I know you're answering that in modern Merlin here, but one little tip. Mm. I would say like the best thing to remember is that you can always change something and it can be something really small. Changing your perspective can change your life. Mm. That is one tip. And a practical tip is like, if you ever feel overwhelmed in whatever situation you are, you can always excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, close the door and just close your eyes for a minute. Take a couple of deep breaths, tune into your heart, feel your heart beating, take a couple of breaths and just tell yourself like, okay, this too shall pass, right? Mm. By doing that and just taking a couple of breaths, you're going to shift your energy. I love that you're doing that through the physical, like tune into the beat of your heart and your breath and, and it will get you out of your mind for a moment. Right. Great. I love it. Thank you so much for doing this. This was really fun. 
Oh, it was so fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love this. It flies by this time, right? Time flies when you're talking magic. Magic is endlessly fascinating. I could talk about it forever. And so I do. And so I do. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you're just enjoying the podcast in general and you want to support, you can do that over on Patreon. I'm Joanna DeVoe on Patreon and everywhere. I will be linking to that in the show notes as well as Lon's Instagram, her website, her book, all the things. And until we meet again, always remember... Life is change, change is magic, magic is life, and the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace.